When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley. Welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, making his Master Debaters debut, our first debater can be heard each weekday afternoon on ESPN San Antonio. Hello, Rob Thompson. Hello, I've trained my entire life for this. Excellent. Our next debater can be read regularly in the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com, Alexandra Petri. Hey, Alex. Hey. And our third debater is the host of Yelling, with an exclamation point, on WorldWideLeaderSports.com. It covers the world of mixed martial arts for combat culture. Hello, Matt Ryan. Excuse me? What, 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 what else? Say it. I, there is nothing else to say. That's that's what you. That's that's how you wish to be introduced. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, the King of Texas, no. Matt Ryan. Good evening to you all. Good evening to my competitors, and good evening to the judge. Okay. Well, uh, they will all be making arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is Taman from Dallas. Hey, Taman. Hello, hello, hello. It's good now, to be back. Yes, welcome back. And his job is to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions to. Uh, give two questions that I present throughout the show. And along with asking all these questions, I am also the show's referee. So if I hear something I don't like and merits a penalty, that will be played and then I'll take away points and totally ruin everyone's argument. But before we get started, let's give our contestants a chance to ask the judge a question to get to know him a little bit better. We're going to start with Rob. What's your question for Taman? Taman, I can tell you're a, a handsome and a striking individual. Uh, I'm curious, how much consideration did you give to your shoes this morning as you put them on? Can you repeat the question? You kind of went in and out. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Taman, I'm curious how much consideration you gave to the shoes that you put on this morning. Oh, absolutely none, considering I am the worst morning person you will ever meet. Okay. Fair Alex. enough. Alex, do you have a question for a judge, Taman? Uh, Taman, your attitude towards morning suggests that we will get along. Uh, I was wondering if you recognize Texas as monarch or if you think this is some shady business. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Texas is definitely in a league of its own, and yes, it has it does shady business each and every single day. Okay, so I guess that's a yes. Uh, speaking of the shady monarch, uh, Matt, do you have a question for a Judge Taman? 
Peja Stoyakovic or Manu Ginobili? Oh my goodness, Peja Stoyakovic. I'm a Mavericks fan. He won a championship with us. All right, let's get this debate started. Opening arguments on Master Debaters. It is time for opening arguments. In this segment, I'm going to give each combatant a question. That combatant answer the question, and our judge, Taman, will give them the score between 0 and 10 points. They'll have 30 seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. The first topic, paying college athletes for their name, image, and likeness is the focus of a hearing on Capitol Hill. Former college athlete Senator Cory Booker says reforms are overdue. Modern college athletics is a de facto for-profit industry that is just too often exploiting men and women. Dozens of states have responded, creating a patchwork of rules, as NCAA President Mark Emmer calls on Congress to act. We obviously seek, as we all seem to agree to, a uniform national model under which students can benefit financially. Without action, some coaches worry smaller schools or non-revenue-generating sports could fall behind. Steve Dorsey, CBS News, Washington. All right, Rob, what do you think will happen? 30 seconds. I think it, it will. What do I think will happen or what should it happen? It will happen and it, it has to happen for a variety of reasons. Primarily the indentured servitude these, these athletes serve under four years of the uh, uh, providing services without re- recoup. There is it is time for our young men and women to gain name and recognition from that. You have to be able to earn a bit of money from your name and likeness. If you cannot do that at whatever age. What's the purpose of the American way? I put it to you, gentlemen and lady, uh, that uh, it is. All right, Taman, what do you think of that argument, zero to ten? Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. I like the argument, but I don't necessarily agree with it, but I like the argument. Okay. Next topic, Airbnb is making 12 offers the nomad in you may not want to refuse. Airbnb says it is selecting a dozen people to live a nomadic life for 10 months. The program is called Live Anywhere on Airbnb, and it means what it says. Participants can hop around short-term rentals on the site's tab. You'll even get a transportation allowance. Interested travelers can apply online through the end of the month. The remote experience starts in September. That's CBS's Diane King-Hall. Applications will be accepted between now and the end of the month. The winners will be announced in July. So, Alex, would you like to live a life as a nomad? 30 seconds. I think as described by the Airbnb thing, for that given definition of nomad, where it's like, I will be indoors, I will be in a place where there's couches and televisions, absolutely, sign me up. But like, if we're thinking more traditional, like I have to cross a land bridge from Asia, like on foot, you know, barefoot in the snow, like that nomadic vibe, I don't want that. But I think what they just described, where like, I, there's guaranteed to be a refrigerator in all the places that I go, and also a shower, absolutely. Yeah, sign me up for that. I'm all for it. All right, Taman, does that argument make you nomad or very mad? Zero to ten. What's your score for that? Uh, uh, I think I'm going to give it a six. Only because uh, I feel like over, I know this doesn't really make sense, but we've been inside way too much over the last year and a half. Can't deal with it anymore. Got to go outdoors. 
Okay. Next topic. Here come the brides. With guests vaxxed and restrictions relaxed, brides are racing down the aisle after a year of canceled or postponed ceremonies. Justin Alexander Group, a bridal design and manufacturing house, says wedding dress bookings have increased 593% in early summer compared to this time last year. And venues are just as busy. Brides no longer waiting for that perfect Saturday night time slot. Hashtag Friday wedding picking up on Instagram as newlyweds prove there's no wrong way and no wrong day to celebrate their love. Will Gans, ABC News, New York. All right, Matt, would you be picky about what day a wedding is? 30 seconds. Would mainly because I like to acknowledge the fact that people work. Um, if you're inviting me to a wedding on a Wednesday and it's a destination wedding, you really don't understand your level of friendship with me. If you're trying to make it for a Friday night, that's fine. Anything from that Friday to Sunday window is perfect. But if it's a Monday through Thursday, you're a lunatic person, and I am not attending your wedding. I will sell something off the registry, though. I'm not necessarily a monster. All right, Taman, what score you give that? Zero to ten. I give it a ten. I thoroughly enjoyed that argument because I feel like. Friday through Thursday is absolute no. Friday, I mean, like, I give a gift or something, but Friday through Sunday is where it's at. And what was that score again? I give it a 10. All right. Well, coming up, what are we talking about? It's over and out for the Kardashian clan. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. That's next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. It is, and this is where things are going to start heating up. We have Rob Thompson, Alexandra Petri, and Matt Ryan this week trying to convince our judge, Taman from Dallas, that their argument is the best argument. Now, if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com, and sign up to be a judge. So let's keep this debate going. For argument's sake on Master Debaters. So things start heating up here a little bit. I will give all three contestants the same question and they will each take the turn presenting their own argument on that topic. After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will then give each of them anywhere from zero to 20 points for their responses. The first topic, the reality TV show that paved the way for a generation of others winds down this weekend. It all began with a sex tape. Where's Kim? Kim is always late. After 15 years of fashion flash and plastic surgery, Keeping Up with the Kardashians ends with a series finale on the E! Network. It finds Kim, now a mom of four, facing the finale of her third marriage, this one to Kanye West. I always thought I could just have my kids. My husband moves from state to state. Younger sister Chloe is contemplating a second child with NBA boyfriend Tristan Thompson. Caitlyn Jenner confirms she'll be back one last time. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. All right, so the question, do you care about the end of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? We're going to start with Rob Thompson, 30 seconds. Absolutely, I care. How am I going to live without my life, without the Kardashians there to help me? I need to know what to wear, what to do, how to act in a variety of situations. And the Kardashians have taken me places I never thought I'd go for the last 15 years. Who'd have thought that I could have found a way to find out about former basketball players, sex tapes, uh, uh, bipolarism, running for president, and a, mar- and a variety of fast cars and good-looking dudes. I- I'm going to miss the Kardashians because, quite frankly, my social barometer is now gone. All right, Alex, uh, do you care about the end of keeping up? Your- with the Kardashians, 30 seconds. 
absolutely care about the end of Keeping Up with the Kardashians because I always thought that if I just waited long enough, I'd be able to outlast Keeping Up with the Kardashians and not need to keep up with them. And their ending right now has proven me right. I haven't watched the show, and it turns out I just had to wait a sufficient period of time, and they would not need to be kept up with anymore. It's one of those things where it's just like people are always like, oh, you know, why didn't you bake sourdough during the, you know, and if you just wait long enough, the need to make sourdough goes away. Same thing with the Kardashians. I didn't need to keep up with them and I uh, outlasted them. All right, Matt, do you care about the end of keeping up with the Kardashians? 30 seconds. I do because it's a list of things that has been very guiltless. First of all, ruining Reggie Bush's uh, ruining Lamar Odom's career because, well, the Lakers dynasty fell apart. And then saving Lamar Odom's life. Ruining Tristan Thompson's career and having LeBron go to L.A. because I like seeing the world burn. Also for the next Kanye album because it's gonna be fire now! And also for Kim Kardashian's work in helping those uh, in the prison system who are wrongfully convicted. All right, so all three debaters said that they do care about the end of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Uh, Taman, do you care about their arguments? Zero to 20. Oh, I, oh, gosh. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with a, a, a 10 <laughs> because I hate the Kardashians. If they, I don't, well, I don't want to be mean. If they just disappear off the face of the earth, which is what the argument I was looking for, then I would have given 20, 20, 20 all across the board. So 10s across the board? Yes. Okay. Our next topic. With the demand for travel soaring, the TSA is the latest employer feeling the tight squeeze in the labor market. A heads up for travelers. The TSA is warning about staffing shortages at more than 130 airports this summer. The problem's so bad, TSA office workers are now being asked to volunteer for airport duty. With more Americans traveling again, airports are busier, wait times are longer, and the TSA is under pressure. Some flyers now being told to arrive three hours before their flight. That's ABC's Andrea Fuji. We'll start with Alex. Do you uh, does this make you rethink any potential travel plans you would have you would have been making if things weren't like this? Thirty seconds. Oh no, it doesn't. I'm desperate to travel and I want to get out of the house no matter what. I think waiting there's almost no amount of time waiting at the airport that would ruin the experience of travel for me. I actively like airports. I once started a meetup group for people who are airport lovers. We would meet at a different airport each month. We sort of ran out of airports very quickly uh, and tried to branch out to train stations. Anyway, long story short, I am a big fan of spending time in airports. You got the little massage kiosks. You got like the stores where you buy a t-shirt that says where you were. I I could really spend those three hours in the airport. I hate to be waiting, but I'm happy to be there. Uh, Matt, 30 seconds. Uh, no, because I always, how is it different? Long lines, people that are annoyed, the price of Cinnabon's probably going to go up and we're not even going to notice. We're all just going to be annoyed. If this wasn't a news report, I wouldn't have the house anyway. I might have had to travel two weeks ago and I loathed it just because I hated traveling before the pandemic. Flying across the country, it's still the same amount of people sharing the same air and the same nonsense. I want none of this. Leave me alone. Let me sit in my home and watch House Hunters reruns, you savages. And Rob, 30 seconds. 
as exciting as it might be to be felt up by Marge from accounting from the TSA home office, I, I, I'm really looking forward to meeting all these new types. They, they seem to really enjoy watching me stand in line. I like airports as well. It's like living in one of the, the Emirates. Everything is triple the value and, and made out of oil. I, I, I cannot wait for a longer line and, and less experienced TSA help. I'm all in. And ahead of time. That Emirates line was amazing, by the way. So, Taman, what scores you want to give each of them? Zero to 20. Zero to 20 uh, each. I'm going to give uh, the first argument, I'm going to give a 15. The second argument, I'm going to give a 15. And the third argument, I'm going to have 15 across the board. Okay. Uh, all, Mer- all three of them are very uh, intriguing. Yeah, certainly. Uh, America's taste for beer is changing. It's enough to make big beer companies cry in their beer. Americans are drinking more craft beer with higher alcohol content, but are actually drinking less beer overall. That's according to a study by the University of Pittsburgh Graduate School of Public Health that looked at beer purchases in stores between 2004 and 2014. That's CBS's Jim Crisula. Researchers say the study suggests people need to pay attention to the alcohol content of beer not just the number of beers consumed. So, uh, Matt, do you consider this to be good news or bad news? 30 seconds. Well, as someone who is a craft beer and IPA drinker, I buy my beer based on the alcohol by volume level. So I feel like a lot of current beer drinkers uh, do that. A lot of modern beer drinkers do that. I would say a lot of the older beer drinkers tend to have... Budweiser or a Coors Light, which have a low... If the only problem that's going to affect are underage consequences. Rob, 30 seconds. Good news or bad news? It is. Uh, it, well, it's a mixed bag. It is good news that craft beers are around. Bad news that I'm considered one of the old ones that's drinking the lower alcohol beer. I think I need to adjust myself to the millennial attitude. And, you know, as far as we go there, IPAs could fall off the side of the earth, and I wouldn't miss them one bit. It's not about the, the content. It's about the quality of the drink. I'm for the old-style, low-alcohol beer. And Alex, good news or bad news? I think this is good news. I think this all hinges on the difference between beer that's enjoyable to drink and beer that's enjoyable to have drunk. I feel like if you have beer that's like pleasant to sip for a session with like a pleasant alcohol content versus you have the thing where it's like I, my goal this evening as a college student is to get enough of these to build the wizard staff out of them. I'm drinking them as fast as I can. I don't care what's in them. I, I think... Once you're an adult, you want the first experience, and I think it's good that we're having more of it with pleasanter beers, with uh, fancier beers. Okay, Taman, what scores you want to give zero to 20 for those arguments? Okay, um, for Matt's argument, Matt may be a little disappointed. I'm going to only give a 10, only because uh, I couldn't really hear him towards the end. But I liked what he started out with, so I'll go half there. Um, the second argument, I I gotta say, I'm sorry, I'm I'm a younger guy. You gotta have more alcohol, dude. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with an eight. I apologize, but I'm, I'm part of the younger crowd. And the last argument, I'm gonna go with a fifteen again. I I do like the 
mixed bags with it. But uh, I'm going to go with 15. All right. Well, coming up, our debaters have been waiting all week to tell the world. Maybe something they think is witty or really convincing or smart. You decide. This is Master Debaters on KTSA. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week, we have Rob Thompson, Alexandra Petri, and Matt Ryan trying to convince our judge, Taman from Dallas to give them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep going. State your case on Master Debaters. So our competitors before the show came in with a topic they wanted to discuss. They will get 60 seconds to present that topic. During those 60 seconds, if the other combatants wish to challenge, they will get 30 seconds each after the case is being done, being presented to present their own counter-argument. After those challenges, the original presenter will get 30 seconds to rebut the challengers, and if they change the topic from what they had sent in before the show, they get an automatic five-point penalty. There are also, uh, I guess you could say, more points at stake. The judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic, or... The judge could even take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they presented the original argument, challenged, or chose to stay quiet. So, our points leader, who do you think is the points leader right now? Any guesses among you all? The king? Roberto Salazar. Uh, The correct answer was Alexandra Petri, which means you get to start with your 60-second arguments. Oh, boy. So... On Tuesday during a House Natural Resources Committee hearing, Louis Gomer asked, is there anything the National Forest Service can do to change the course of the moon's orbit or Earth's orbit around the sun? And I just want to cut this idea off at the past. Personally, I don't think this is a good idea. I think we should leave the moon where it is. I think we should leave Earth's orbit around the sun also where it is. I like our orbit around the sun. I like all my... have to change all of my calendars if we did anything to alter that i would have to add days of the year i like where the moon is i like knowing that the moon is not moving around and changing the tides i think this is a cockamamie idea that should not be pursued uh and would not be good for the planet frankly i so i just if we're contemplating changing where the moon is i think we should stop contemplating that and uh yeah i i i guess we sent people to the moon. We know where it is. Let's keep it where we know where to send it. All right, Matt, you have a 30-second challenge. I believe that the moon should be moved gradually one degree every year for the next 500 years. Why? Because I want to see what happens. I want to see, scientifically, what we can do to either improve or degrade human society. Because at this point... It's make or break. It's hit or get off the pot time. We need to figure out what's the thing that's going to save us or kill us. So we might as well start with the moon. Rob with a last second challenge. 30 seconds. Let's be serious. Let's not get into the esoteric arguments. I am sitting uh, in the bottom of the hill country in central South Texas. You move the moon, suddenly I have beachfront property. If I can live next to the beach overnight, I'm completely in. Now, I don't care what happens between now and where the beach is currently. That's going to be another issue. But if I can wake up tomorrow with with the waves lapping in my front yard, property values are up and all is good. Let's move the moon. I'm with Louie. All right, Alex, uh, 30-second rebuttal. I have to say, to Matt's argument, science 
is a dangerous thing. This is the kind of scientific thinking that leads us out on wild limbs, that gets us death stars, that gets us all kind of technology we don't want or need. Like as a writer, the worst thing that happens if I make a mistake at work is like there's a comma somewhere it's not supposed to be. The worst thing that happens if the scientists moving the moon make a mistake is the whole planet goes up in flames. We're a giant crater. It's a dinosaur scenario. I'm sure the dinosaurs are sitting there saying, oh, I can have beachfront property. My Allosaurus friends will be so impressed. Wrong. You move the moon and that's the end of you. End of all of us. All right, Taman. What do you think of those arguments? Negative 20 to 20. Oh. Man, um, I I like um, oh gosh, uh, I don't want the moon to be moved, because, but I do like beachfront property considering I live six and a half uh, hours away from the beach. So I'm gonna go with that argument as a point. But at the same time, uh, for the first argument, um, I I'm gonna give that a 22 because Louis Gomer's an idiot. So like. I, I have to agree there. We can't just uh, change size to move the moon, even though I do want that beachfront property. And for Matt Ryan's argument, what do you want to give that and negative 20 to 20? For Matt Ryan's argument, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a 20 also. I'm, everybody gets 20s on this argument because I, I, I feel like from a, you know, an educational standpoint, scientific argument, yes, there's that. But, you know, there's also other perks if it were to be moved and we're all okay, even though we won't be. All right, Matt Rhines, your turn with your 60-second argument. As a sports fan and a professional sports yeller, I believe it is incumbent upon all of us to take a look at sports and modify it and make it better. On my new TV show, Yelling, debuting on Bobby Bonilla Day, I would make such suggestions as this. Every 10 years, we shuffle up every sports league and we redo the rosters. That's right. Coaches, players, the whole thing goes into a draft lottery and we do it by fan depression level. Because if we can figure out how to make the sports fans happy in the saddest towns in America, not only does the economy get better, morale goes up, people are willing to spend more money, we can build more parking structures, we can charge more for PSLs, and more importantly, we could just see how many teams LeBron can win an NBA championship with. Hell, it might get the San Antonio Spurs back on track. It might be able to get the Washington football team out of mediocrity. But as long as it makes sure that Jerry Jones is sad, that's an America I can believe in. All right, uh, first challenge, Alex, 30 seconds. Yes, I know it's a challenge. Let's uh, do the 30 seconds. I have to say, when I was on board until you said this would be a world where people were charging more for PSLs. As an avid consumer of pumpkin spice lattes, I won't put up with this. But furthermore, I think that we have to be able to consider the benefits of like being a long-term fan of a losing crappy team and how like when that final win happens and you've been rooting for like 70 years, you're on your deathbed and suddenly your baseball team gets a big, you know, win. I think that's what they call it in baseball. Uh, the series, they win the series. Like that's a great feeling. And you're taking it away every 10 years. Come on. All right, Rob, 30 second challenge. We don't need to shuffle the cards. They shuffle themselves. And let's be realistic. There are some franchises in some cities that deserve and need to be sad and losing. There's no need to change uh, the status quo here. The cream will rise whether you need to uh, change the team or the players. That's another issue. No, let's keep it how it is. Some teams, some fans deserve exactly what they've got.
Matt Ryan, your 30-second rebuttal. I'm going to hit the post on this one. No matter if it's lattes or shuffling things up, the most important thing is we have entertainment. Yeah, some of these same fan bases are still going to get screwed over. It's not like they've made good draft decisions before this. Now it just stacks the deck to make sure if they bomb, they really bomb. Imagine Tom Brady on, like, let's say the Dallas Cowboys or the Chicago Bears or the San the Los Angeles Chargers. How bad could that be? That's what I'm considering here. I like chaos, and sports is inherently chaotic. Let's throw in some more. All right, Taman, what do you think of those arguments? Negative 20 to 20. Oh, oh, God. See, Matt Ryan was taking a few too many shots at my favorite team, American team, the Dallas Cowboys. Even though I would like to see Jerry Jones cry, I don't want to see it at the expense of my Cowboys losing. So I have to give you a minus 20 for that. I am so sorry. But with that said, uh, for the uh, – for uh, one of the arguments about keeping things the same, yeah, I agree. Like, as a Mavericks fan, we just got done with the Los Angeles Clippers, and I just want to see the Clippers lose because simply they're the Clippers. Like, I don't, they're, you know, don't change it up. Let them always, always be the Clippers. Even though they're in the second round now, I want them to just constantly choke and be losers forever. And for the last argument, well, for that, so for that, I give a 20. Uh, for the the first argument, um, I have to say, I like it. Uh, you know, fans are going to always be fans to a degree. So with that, I will give a 15. Okay. Rob, your turn for your 60-second argument, which starts now. As we all hit the roads and are forced to deal with all the brand new and, and freed commuters that have been locked up for days, uh, traffic has been awful. I put it to you down wherever you might be, that if you are headed toward a yield where you need to merge into traffic, don't merge early. Don't get in the back of the line. Go to the front. It's known as the zipper method. The problem with slow traffic is we're not using the adequate space that is provided to us. There's only so much space on the road. A lot of it's up front of you. Go to the front of the line. Cut in front. You will be making a, well, you'll be doing a service to all those other drivers. There's space up there. Go there first. Don't get behind. Still like 20 seconds. Oh, I still have time. I have more to say. It's called the zipper method. If you get in line, you're a loser and a follower. Go to the very front and charge through the right direction, and you'll be doing everybody else's service. There's room up there, but nobody has the balls to go up there. Go get in front of the line. Don't wait in back. Zipper into traffic, and don't let anybody in. All right, Alex, first challenge, 30 seconds. Rob, this is wonderful because, you know, in a car when I'm having road rage, I'm always saying to myself, don't yell. The person you're yelling at isn't in the car and can't hear you. Well, now the person I'm yelling at is here with me and can hear me. You are that bleep uh, who's pulling in front of me when I've been waiting my turn in the dang thing trying to keep society functioning by allowing the, the tragedy of the commons to be prevented by waiting, by letting people in, and by going my turn. You are ensuing chaos. This is not sports like magic. This is, anyway, I'm yelling at you, and it's feeling great. <laughs> Matt, your, your challenge, 30 seconds starts now. We can solve this in a simple way. We now drive by Mario Kart rules and Mario Kart rules only. Every single car in the United States of America and varying parts of Canada 
and Western Mexico will be supplied with a box once a month that contained various tortoise shells, banana peels, a chomp chain of some sort, and of course, a star in which you can blast through the other cars and get to your direction much safer. Will it kill people? Yes. But will it make the roads great again? Yes. All right, Rob, 30-second rebuttal. My rebuttal first. Yes, you can yell at me all you would like, but we need to understand it's a matter of real estate. If you're in line in the back, there is space in the front. Traffic doesn't move uniformly. Those in front move quicker. If you move forward, you're not taking anybody's spot. You're taking an empty space that is just there, vacuous. Nature abhors a vacuum. Slide in, baby. Get in front and get on down the road. As far as Mario Kart, you obviously haven't been to Texas too much. When you move here, we give you that box, but it includes a, a <laughs> dart gun and a knife. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Uh, before, nice. before I go to Tayman, I have to ask Matt Ryan. Uh, you mentioned West Mexico, yes. like Western Mexico, but not like Northern Mexico. Like, why, why Western Mexico specifically? Because everything's legal in Tijuana, baby. Okay. Uh, Tayman, what scores do you want to give everyone? Negative 20 to 20. God, I, I, I'm giving everybody a 20. I wish I could give Matt Ryan a 50 simply because the Mario Kart idea is absolutely incredible. That is, that is amazing. You can rescind that minus 15. You can give me a 20 on the last one. No, you can we've, we've already, uh, we've already crossed over that, uh, that point. So no, no backsies. <laughs> I have a very firm, no backsies policy on this show. So who's going to win? comes down to one final fight. That might be where Matt gets his points back. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Yeah, that argument is finally going to come to an end right here and right now. It's a battle this week between Rob Thompson, Alexander Petri, Matt Ryan to convince her judge Taman from Dallas that their argument is the best argument, but right now comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. So this is where it all gets decided in a four-minute melee. I present a topic, and our three contestants will figure it out. State their case, stand by, and argue it for four minutes. No more, no less, a whole four minutes. At the end, at the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points or can take away up to 100 points. The person with the fewest points will get a 15-second head start. Then everyone else can join in after a little bell has rung. So uh, who wants to guess who has the fewest points right now? Is it Matt? It is Matt. I was told there'd be no math. Oh, well, I mean, it's not, it's not really math. It's just guessing. Oh. So, uh, yes, Matt Ryan is the... Contestant with the fewest points. The topic. As Billy Joel says, it's all a matter of trust. And that's what millions of Americans say they don't have right now. Millions of Americans are struggling through life with few people that they can trust for personal and professional help. A disconnect that rises a barrier, a raises a barrier actually, to a recovery from the social, emotional, and economic fallout of the coronavirus pandemic. A poll from the Impact Genome Project and the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research finds 18% of American adults say they have just one person or no one they could trust for help in their personal lives, such as emergency child care needs or a ride to the airport. And 28% say they have just one person or no one they could trust to help draft a resume or navigate workplace challenges. 
So do you think the pandemic bore this lack of trust? Do you think that this lack of trust has been increasing for a while? Or do you think that this lack of trust has always existed? It's a four-minute debate. Matt Ryan starts with a 15-second head start. Has existed. We are an individualistic people. It's, it's been exacerbated over the past 200 years or so, but more specifically in the late 70s into the early 80s, the start of the quote-unquote Carter recession into Reaganomics and pressing on to the idea of individualism. It is no longer for the group. It is only for you, 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 you. And within that creates a Nixonian-like paranoia because you always feel like the person is trying to get you who is trying, who may or may not be helping you. The level of altruism in this country is at an all-time low unless a massive tragedy happens, and a lot of it is performative. If you take a look at American society nowadays, all we see are either performative things or arguments. We've exacerbated it to the point to where right now the other debaters are like, Matt's making a lot of sense. We're going to give him a lot of clearing room. But here's the bigger problem. We're not going to solve it. We may be able to put a Band-Aid on it, but we're certainly not going to be able to solve it. We're going to only find ways to slow it down, meter it, which is what we've done in the past. It's what the New Deal did. It's what the Civil Rights Bill did. It's what gay marriage did. But as we find, there's always going to be these things like January 6th or the rise of social media drama or uncertainty in the workplace, especially within the coronavirus where you don't see people. You're working from home. So that level of paranoia, the idea of side slack conversations and all these different ego points makes it really, really hard for people to realize that, hey, there might be some good people out there. While there might be those who are going above and beyond to help others, it gets yourself into a situation to where, wow, I'm just going here. It gets yourself into a situation where your level of trust can go up or down. There are good people out there. Uh, Mr. Rogers said it. Go to the helpers. There will always be helpers. But within that, someone may have an ulterior motive. Some people may not. It is the level of uncertainty in American society today that really prevails this idea that everyone is out to get you. And, you know, we've been inside for over a year. So there's always going to be that level of, I don't trust people because everybody got me sick and I can't fly on airplanes. It just adds to the cultural unconscious anxiety. Well, well, after that, what more is there to say? I think, uh, well, one, one thing there is more to say is that, yeah, uh, since ever since people started bowling alone after the publication of that famous book, Bowling Alone, like there's been a real problem. People aren't living in communities anymore. They don't have folks that they can trust. But maybe like it's, I feel like all of these things, whenever you're like, oh, I'm, I miss back when people used to trust each other more. It's like, but what are you really missing? Are you missing when they had like the people of Salem gathering together and they all trusted each other so much that they put some people at the stake? That's a terrible example. And I regret making it. I think that's a poor comparison. But well, it's, not, it's not though, Alexandra, it's not because it's moved to the internet. These witch trials have gone onto the internet now and it becomes these little pockets of communities where you have to be careful. Now, if you say something stupid, you deserve to be called out for saying something stupid. But if you're if you're talking to someone who's only talking to you for political or social reasons, then that's you know completely dangerous and can turn into something where you can't trust anybody. Because nowadays, screenshots exist, different levels of evidence gathering exist. Some of these are good things, and some of them bring down awful, awful people. Hopefully, people in the Trump organization. Hey, Weisselberg, how's it going? But when you look at it from a bigger and bigger perspective, oh, the more 
technology and culture advances, the more, you know, the more unsafe people are going to feel because more information is out there. So there's less to hide. There's less to really kind of confide oh, in people. Oh, come with. on. This is nothing new. We are in this alone. There is the idea that trust is found or we don't have anybody we can trust. This is nothing new. We were founded. We began by people who left places they needed to be because they couldn't trust where they were. You're in it alone. We didn't go from New York to, to California with a big bunch of people. You were on your own. This thing has changed. You've got your family, and that's it. You if you think there's more dream. things to be found, this I believe is an existential argument. Oh, I apologize yeah. for that, but I will tell you this. We're in it alone. So uh, I feel like part. I, I feel like there's a strategy well, play there. Matt was in it alone for a while there. Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a strategy play where Matt was trying to filibuster most of the time. Um, trying to just feed, just keep talking until uh, someone else would jump in. So, what, uh, Taman? I was waiting for someone to cut me off. Taman, uh, what scores do you give those arguments? Negative uh, one hundred to one hundred. Wow! Um, oh, wow! Uh, I I I liked Matt's argument a lot. Um, I, the filibustering asked, but I I did like the argument. I I think you know we're in a world right now where over the last year and a half things have have just it's just it's it's elevated i mean the distrust that there is with people so i'm gonna give a 100 for it i thought that was a very good argument uh for alex's argument uh i like her too i i, I like all three um I, I i think that you know for for with everything that's happened and did you look at uh you know a rob's argument when it comes to um you know human society we've kind of always been that way but i think they have got you know bigger so i'm gonna go with alex i'm gonna go with the 75 and with rob i'm gonna go with the uh 75 as well okay so after very heated argument on a variety of the most controversial topics really you know, topics that probably you can't talk to your friends or really um, close relatives about. It's time to name this week's master debater. In third place, with 165 points, Matt Ryan. <laughs> In second place, with 175 points, Rob Thompson, which means this week's master debater with 176 points is Alexandra Petri. Well earned. Well earned. Wow. Alex, you get 60 seconds to celebrate, and that starts right now. I think Matt just made a wonderful case tonight for ending the filibuster, and I hope that more people will listen to this concept and be like, hey, look, the filibuster, what is it really good for? Like, is it just, is it just holding us back from stuff? Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank everyone else involved, and I have no further remarks, and I'm sorry that I turned on the TV inadvertently at one point, making a weird background noise that you can hear. If you replay this recording, you'll hear a weird sound that's like a commercial. That's what that is. That's me turning on the TV by mistake and then turning it off in a way that I hope was subtle, but now that I guess I've said it talking about it on the air it wasn't subtle after all um yeah that, that's me thanks for the judging oh and my book is out in paperback yeah buy my book it's called nothing is wrong and here is why and you can get a paperback copy of it maybe in an airport if you're in an airport that'd be fun 
got another 15 seconds. Oh, great. Um, What's yeah, in the book? We're all alone. We're all alone. We're going to be born alone. We die alone. Um, <laughs> the universe is void. Before we wrap up, what, what's in the book? Tell us more about the book. Oh, it's a collection of uh, humorous essays about how nothing is wrong and explaining why. Very cool. Well, that's it. Big thank you to our three contestants this week. Rob Thompson. You can hear him every weekday afternoon on ESPN San Antonio. Alexandra Petri, who you can read regularly in the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com. And Matt Ryan, who you can hear on his new show, Yelling, on WorldWideLeaderSports.com and his MMA coverage on Combat Culture. And a big thanks to our judge this week, Taman from Dallas. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios in KTSA San Antonio. You can learn more about Master Debaters online at KTSA.com. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.